This is Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started. Um, welcome to uh, Not Another Church Podcast. And so today we're going to continue the saga. We've talked through life with infants and babies. We've talked through the toddler years. And so now we're, we've come to that, those elementary school years. Donna calls them the golden years. I want you to explain. I've never heard that before. So what exactly did you mean by the golden years? Well, the golden years, it, it, now, I, I would frame it in like the ages of somewhere around, say, seven-ish to around 12. Now, you can bump that a year either side of that, you know, but those are the ages where they're dressing themselves. They can fix themselves a snack. They can tend to themselves for a little while while you cook supper or be occupied doing something. It, those are what I call the golden years. Most of the time, though, we don't all get the golden years because if we have, say, you, you have still got a straggler, you got a straggler or you got one <laughs> ahead, you know, like if you've got three kids or more, you've got one who is still down here in the toddler years. So you really don't get to spend a lot of time like relishing the golden years, you know, when they're like eight, nine, ten, but they're becoming independent thinkers. They ask questions other than why? 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 Right. You know, you right. get multiple questions. They're exploring the world. They're beginning to see things. And they're still in that childlike state where they get some of that awe of the things around them. We haven't hit the teenage super cool where I can't think anything's really great right. because right. I have to be cool with my friends. And you still aren't in the toddler years where everything, you can't explain it to them. That right. You try to explain, but they don't have the vocabulary and intellect yet to... Um, to understand. So, but you hit some of those prime years in there in the elementary years, and it is wonderful to go places and explore the world with them. You take them and do things. They're still children. You still have to correct them. You still have all of the, get your shoes on so we can get out the door, you know, but now all of a sudden they can find their own shoes put them on for themselves. And, and in, theory, years, in theory. In theory. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it works out perfectly. I was going to say, sometimes my six-year-old's better at that than my 10-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And, it, you know, the child's personality plays into that. But all of a sudden you see with Jack. I mean, I see it with him in Kid City. You know, when we're back here doing Bible lessons, Jack is asking questions and you can tell he's contemplating the answers and, mm -hmm. you know, that you can see all of that discovery happening. Mm -hmm. And man, it's like super fantastic. You can go, you know, to the camp. Like if we go camping, so we have a group of friends that go camping. But if he goes to the campground, Jack's going to run around with all the kids and play mm -hmm. and you're not going to be. You know, I mean, not too far. You're still going to be cautious, those normal things. But he's going to be playing around. You don't have to right. worry. Right, right. You know, you got CJ and he's three. You're standing on top of him. Don't touch that. Don't mm -hmm. fall down. Get that out of your mouth. You know, get that out of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what Jennifer brings up is true, too. I, I guess I've never really thought of him as the golden years because we've always like if. When You've had one ahead and behind. And behind. And yeah. so <laughs> yeah. I guess that kid, when it, when they're in the, that time period for us, has always been the kid that was ignored for three or four years. Because <laughs> I think that's how Jack feels right now because, like, Sadie, y'all have met Sadie. She's, she demands attention at all times. But she's precious. And CJ is equally as demanding and so jack's just kind of self-sufficient so jennifer walk us through through for, for those who don't know um walk us through what kids you have and what ages they're at um i've got jack he's 10 sadie is my only girl she's six and then i've got cj who was our little extra surprise and he's three 
But Sadie's not lost in the middle. She is. No. She no, is. She's very much aware of where she is and her stance and yeah, where everybody very, else stands, too. Yeah, yes. that's right. <laughs> she's great. So let, let's talk through. Okay, so I guess we can break this down into some of the challenges for these years and yeah. then some yeah. of the, 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 the benefits. Let's start out with the, the fun stuff. Like you said, they're, they're self-sufficient to some degree. Um, even though one of our, you know, every family kind of develops little, little stories that have grown over time. <laughs> we were traveling from Ann's parents in Virginia back to Alabama and somehow William lost one shoe. The only thing we can figure is getting in and out of the car at a restaurant or something. One of the other kids kicked it out and we left it at a gas station yeah. or something. Yeah. So that kind of obliviousness to their surroundings and somebody's got to come in behind me and take care of this. Um, they still need parenting. Yes. And and a lot of times in those golden years, you can find it easily to, like you were mentioning just a minute ago with Jack, you think he might mm-hmm. feel a little lost as you're, mm-hmm. you know, Sadie's getting a lot of attention because she's so adorable. You know, and she's six and got a strong personality and CJ the baby because you're always having to do for him. But they still need your guiding hand, mm-hmm. you know. So let's, um, I shared a story, so let's let's share one of our favorite f- stories from that time frame. So, Jennifer, why don't you throw one out for us? <laughs> oh. So we'll skip you and come yeah. to Donna, because Donna's always got a story, and then we'll yeah. come back to you. You're saying that right <laughs> now. I don't put on the spot. Right now, my, my mind just went blank. But, um, yeah, Tom, I don't have a particular story. Ugh. I really don't. I was just thinking, you know, a lot of our stories where they ate, you know, plumber's buddy or made it snow with the, the athlete's powder. foot powder all happened when they were younger. I was trying to think during those years, you know, we painted a room and they were able to help paint a room. Those are actually good stories. I remember that was the first stage where I was like, I'm letting them come in the room and I'm handing them a roller or a paintbrush. And I remember being going, no, what are you doing? (laughs) I've got a story about about a week ago. We, um, our lives are really crazy. We've got Sadie doing ballet and gymnastics. Jack does football. CJ's just kind of tagging along wherever we're, we're going. And, um, of course, we had stopped to get gas. And I was going to run in and get him a snack. Well, in the time it took me to go in the store and get the snack and come back out, Jack had gotten clay at school for whatever reason. And he thought it would be funny to put it right in the front of CJ's and Sadie's hair. So they've got <laughs> neon green clay stuck to their forehead in their blonde hair. Both of them have super blonde hair. And there's just this big blob of green clay. And I'm like, what? What made you think that was a good idea? I don't know. I think I actually did think of one. The kids still remember this. So Noah and Eli were old enough for me to leave them in the car. I'm doing a quick run into um, the grocery store. And they're old enough to leave in the car now, finally. You know, you never could do that before. And I remember Noah was probably around 11 or 12, so Eli would have been nine. And I had taken Lucas with me, and I'm trying to beat a storm that's coming in. And, like, I'm at the end of 278 at the grocery store, and you can see this storm moving in. Well, I'm like, I've only got to get, like, one thing, and we can get on home, and I'll beat the storm. So I run in the grocery store. And uh, I didn't beat the storm. Like, I got to the checkout, and you can see things whirling and flying across the parking lot. Buggies crashing into the window. Buggies were crashing. It was (laughs) terrible. And as a mother, I was, like, 
dying inside, but there was nothing I could do. I stood there at the front windows of that grocery store. I didn't care if something had hit them and crashed them in at that point because it was straight line winds that had come in with this um, quick storm. And it was over. It was, you know, it wasn't five minutes. It was over. That storm had come in and had gone. But Eli and Noah were in the car, and it actually moved the car. The, the winds were strong wow. enough that I was watching it move the car, and I'm like, I am a terrible, awful <laughs> mother. My children are petrified right now. And I got to the car, and they're both all, you know, Noah's trying to be strong and tough, and the older guy, and, of course, Eli's following his lead. And um, But by the time I'm hugging them, you know, somebody's a little red-eyed, you know, with like, Mom, that scared us so bad. And wow, so that and you was just quick, abandoned your kids I, in the parking in lot. In the parking lot at the grocery store. And I thought, I, I really did think I could beat it. But, yeah, that was one of the stories they still occasionally tell, how Mother left us in a hurricane, you know. There you go. <laughs> yes. I um, I remember when Emily was in this age, she was riding a bicycle and um, – had, was trying to pop a wheelie or something and flew over the handlebars and broke her arm. And it was both bones were broken. It was clear it was like, you know, at an L joint. <laughs> it's one of those you don't want to see. And so Anne uh, says, oh, you have to take her to the ER. I'm, I'm not dealing. And so I, I, I load her up. We get to the ER. And when they triage us, you have to fill out this little form. And it says, uh, nature of complaint. And I just put arm pain. <laughs> <laughs> So we sit there for a good 30 minutes, and the, the nurse came out and said, okay, well, uh, Emily, oh, this is your Emily? We're going we're gonna to check your temperature. And as she leaned down, she saw her arm and was like, oh, dear Lord, that's not arm pain. <laughs> and, and then I felt really bad. And they ended up having to take us to an, by an ambulance to Children's. And uh, they were like, you can't ride an ambulance. So I had to follow. And I, the whole time I'm like, yeah, I should have probably put broken arm, not arm pain. <laughs> Um, I've told you about the time that we took Noah to have a, his foot checked out on an x-ray and because we thought that it might have been broken in sports and athletics, and he was a little bit older then. But he had complained a couple of years earlier about a um, his foot hurting all the time. Mom, my foot hurts. And all of his buddies, their feet were growing, and they were getting new cleats for baseball and things like that, and he wouldn't get any. So we're like, oh, he's just wanting new cleats, you know? <laughs> Well, a couple of years later, um, we're like, you're fine, you know, and a couple of years later, we do go to the doctor and the doctor was like, well, here's an old break, but there's no new break. And we're like, yeah, yeah, that old break that we knew about. <laughs> do, do we yeah. have to say that in front of him? <laughs> Let's not talk Shh. about it. And he turned around and looked at me and I'm like, shaking my head. No, no. Don't say anything. So, yeah, I, after you've called it the golden years, I, I do think that it that, that freedom that all of a sudden you, you with that child, you can and even having smaller kids underneath them or above them, you can get you can help get them to help. They help. Yeah, they're you helpers. Can, yeah. You can use them as a little bit of slave labor. <laughs> hey, go get me the diaper bag. Not yeah, that one. Like, Shut up. I'll get you candy later. Just, just do it. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Go get your sister her favorite sippy cup, you know? Yeah. 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 So you get, you got that. You've got the keep an eye on your sister. I'm going to run into this room, which you can't do when they're three because they'll mm -hmm. they'll mm -hmm. find the butter right. knife in the couch cushion and put it in the socket. Or CJ's new favorite thing is to climb on top of the kitchen counters. Like, we have drawers on all of the bottom. We don't have any cabinets. He'll pull out drawers and climb. Yeah, and I know we're not talking those toddler years, but, I mean, they become Spider-Man in those early years oh, yeah. because they, they he, suddenly he sees, see they want things. He and sees Jack and Sadie. They, they've become self-sufficient doing things themselves, so he thinks, I'm big boy. I'm not a baby. No, and so he's going to help himself. And that's been our big struggle, like, the past two weeks. Is uh, oh, everywhere we, we turn, with, like, he is climbing. Up the front of the fridge. You know, like, mm -hmm. how did you get up there? You know. 
and I, I know, you know, we talked about, I think, when, when we were talking about the, the baby years, we just brought into it a conversation about how important it is to, to create the person that you want to have. And um, I know when Emily and Molly got to this age, um, all of a sudden they enjoyed me reading and it would it went from them this away to try to sneaky sneaky get them to go to sleep yes uh, well today we're going to read from uh horton's exposition of the book of ephesians <laughs> to uh we're reading the wine line the witch in the wardrobe we're we're, we're yeah. reading by bi- missionary biographies and did you read bible commentaries to your children Jennifer? no no <laughs> my, my kids have it puts always me to sleep really it's gonna put them to sleep <laughs> my kids have always liked to read and it's funny because like at night, like that CJ spoke there, he said, I only say these book, I only say his book. And it literally is like a little lamb, like Bible book. And it's just got these cute little, you know, verses that it's all the big stories of the Bible, like condensed into mm-hmm. like two or yeah. three lines. And he wants to sit and read through the whole book every night. He's like, I only say the Jesus book. Yeah. All right. We got it. We got to get off okay. the toddlers. Okay. We've already talked about toddlers. I know. Sorry. 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 <laughs> no toddlers. Uh, the toddlers are out and tweens. We, we, we're wanting naturally to move to tweens and that's yeah. junior yeah. high tween year. That's yeah, next week. It gets week. a lot of information, but yes. Uh, so, and th- th- we're kind of proving the point that y- you don't have a lot of memories in that time period because there's not a lot of drama like no. toddlers are into everything they're climbing on everything they're they're you're jumping. not calling mm-hmm. poison control you're not right. you know I mean, you know you're not scared anymore and then much, when you get you to know. the tween years you've got the attitude. get ready yeah. you've got the attitude you've got the tears constantly with with girls i mean from 12 to 14 we just cried <laughs> Um, so in this, this time period, you're right. There's, they're, they're, they're fun. Um, I, I think of taking the kids to, to, uh, the, the, um, not too far from us is Redstone Arsenal, the yep. NASA's yep. museum. The kids having a great time going, going to the McWayne center. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the zoo years and the things that you do that are just, it's fun. I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. There's well, a lot of this joy. This year, whenever we got back from the beach, it's the first time ever JJ said, you know, like that wasn't so bad. Like we're, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting, getting there. there. You see it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I said, shh, we can't. We don't can't, speak we it out loud in case it's a, <laughs> <laughs> we don't curse it. Yeah. yeah well, I, and there, there's some truth there too, because when they're little going, going to the beach, you have to take so much junk. <laughs> You got to take the kiddie pool to put the kid in. You got to take all that. And when they get get to to be this age, you you can you say you want to take a football, carry yeah. you a football, carry you a football, your frisbee, cra- grab a, a game, bucket, you know, <laughs> yeah, grab a bucket. Yeah, you can hang stuff off these kids. You can use the haul <laughs> stuff. And suddenly they can carry their own bucket to yes. the beach, and that's amazing. Yes. You know, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you can give them chores, and all of a sudden yes. they yes. actually are a little bit helpful. Um, yes. And that's nice to say. All right. and, it, and it's nice to have Jack and Sadie lead by example because I, I, I do try to tell them, like, you know, CJ's looking up to y'all, you know. Like, he wants to do everything y'all do. So let's let's make those things good things. And you can finally talk to them and reason with them. Where is it a th- with a, you know, I see mothers sometimes and fathers, you know, three or four-year-old, you try to reason with that yeah, little that's, one. Kid's not and they're reason. just looking at you like, yeah, I, I got nothing for you, Mom. <laughs> You're saying words to me? 
And, and I don't know what you're talking about, but they'll nod to please you. But mm-hmm. when they're eight, all of a sudden, you know, that light bulb's mm-hmm. going off and it's clicking, mm-hmm. you know. Which is where we normally add to our vocabulary because I said so. Yes. <laughs> because well, at this age, go. they want to know the reason why I have to go to bed at 10 o'clock. And you don't want to tell your kids it's so that I can sleep. You're going to bed. <laughs> So that I can can get some sleep and and I just tell him it's I'm a grumpy human if I don't. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it has nothing to do with it's the best for you to get a full, you know, right. nine ten hour sleep. It's nothing like that. It's because I want to go to bed. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're all honest, if, if I thought I could get away with it, I would just turn the locks around in their room and let them do what they want to do, so that if I could Tom sleep. Tom never say that on a recording. <laughs> But you can nap. I mean, you can nap without fear, you know. Oh, I'll never yet. forget waking up one time. And I say that, but one of my children, I won't name him for just to save his humiliation. But I remember waking up from a nap one day. And because he knew that I was laying on the couch taking a little nap. And it wasn't long, you know. But he had gone in my closet, got out um, the ladder that we keep in there. That's like kind of the household use for it's had paint on it and every. Sure, Around sure. the house job. So we, he pulled out that ladder. He got up on the top shelf, pulled down my bucket of craft paints. Ah. <laughs> and he had taken it to the bathroom because he was going to try to keep everything clean. He didn't want to get on. He told me he didn't want to get on the carpet. <laughs> and he was trying to keep everything clean. So he had taken a little uh, portable, like a little TV tray. Y'all know what those are. Everybody sits down and eats at the couch on those occasionally. Well, he had taken one of those, and it has paint stains to this day. From hey, Tell that me it's particular. an Alabama TV tray. Because I can picture this. It's wood. No, it's, it's just a wood. Um, <laughs> so he took it and he put it in the bathroom. And there is paint literally all over the cabinet, the floor. <laughs> that TV tray still holds the paint stains. You know, and he was like, look, Mom. And he had painted probably, I don't know, four or five, six pictures, you know, by that time. <laughs> and his brothers were in the house. And I'm like... Did anybody think to come wake mom up if he was going to climb in the closet and get paint <laughs> And they were like, well, he was fine. He was quiet. <laughs> yes. Well, and every parent knows that when it's quiet around the house for for longer than five or ten minutes, there's trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the, that yeah. age persists. Yeah. Okay. So as we come to this, we, we've talked about how fun it is. We've talked about what a good time it is. Let's talk about some of the challenges. And I will, will say that the world that we live in today... Um, is probably, for this age frame, one of the most dangerous that children have been reared in in human history. Yes. Because they have in their possession the... a, a, a They have access to an iPad, an iPhone, that gives them the world that we would never let into our house. Yes. There, there are things that... Um, I mean, just looking at some of the stuff on, on YouTube and you know, with Jake, whatever his name is, and... Uh, these kind of characters that that are are people that you would never let into your home to sit down and talk with your children. Now they have free access to, and so you have you have all the normal things that we have to do to raise our kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And now we've got additional things. And I would caution parents. Um, I get. I understand that it's easy to put a phone or an iPad in your kid's hand and let that babysit them. Yeah, it is. And it's tough to say no because they come home from school, and I, I'm sure you're getting this, Jennifer. Oh, yeah. Everybody has a phone. Um, and, and I hear it almost, well, it, it's slacked up at the moment, but, I mean, almost daily from Jack. 
because every birthday, every Christmas, every time there's some sort of something, he's like, Mom, can I get a phone? I'm like, you're 10. And we, you know, with Emily, and my children have reminded me, with Emily, it was, you're not getting a phone until you're 16. The only reason you need a phone is so I can get in touch with you when you have a car. By Molly, it moved down. And and so now Ruth is is 12, going on 35, and she, (laughs) she has a phone. And part of it is is almost in our society, and our culture, it's a requirement because you want to be able to contact that child if they're spending the night at somebody's mm-hmm. house or yeah. she's at a at softball or give practice. Them an exit, like if they're if they're going to spend the night somewhere, and you know you, you don't want them to feel uncomfortable. I feel like they don't have a way to get in contact right. with you that if they're that's scared my or thing. afraid yeah. yeah i remember that we set a hard and fast rule at our house and we stuck with it with all three of them you did not get a phone until you were participating in school sports you had to be junior high level mm-hmm. and it was wasn't just the rule of the age you had to be participating in school sports so that because a lot of times with school sports they'd let out of practice at odd times yeah. you know, sure. so they need to be able to get in touch with because you. the coach needs to go pick up his kid <laughs> <laughs> well whatever is happening for whatever reason we that was one rule your grades had to be good and you had to show us a proven level of responsibility in your actions. And that was, I was always emphasizing that Mm -hmm. with them. If you can show me that you're responsible at home with the chores that we talked about and those things. So for us, somewhere around 12 or 13, we did that. But I see kids, even back in Kid City, we have said, um, our team has talked about this before in the past, that and Jennifer's one of my, her and her husband, JJ, both help uh, regularly back there and lead in small groups and teach. But we've set a rule, no phones, because I think with a phone sitting there, you know, and they'll they'll be like, well, my Bible's on my phone. But the answer to that is they're never on the Bible. It's just a way to disconnect. You know, they they disconnect from what's happening, and that little red bubble or notification pops up on your apps, on your phone, you go check it. And as Mm -hmm. an adult, I have a hard time with that in church service when I'm sitting there. So for the kids, we say, and that's been a debate. I have a hard time with it when my husband does it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and you know what? Like you said, as an adult... I cannot use the Bible app on my phone as a way to do my quiet time. Oh, it no. never uh-uh. works because never works. if I'm if I'm opening up the Bible app, I'm going to if there's I get if, all those notifications, all the little numbers. <laughs> yeah. if, if there's an app that has a number beside it, it drives click me it. insane. <laughs> get rid of the number, don't you? Uh, you it's have a to make OCD. It a, <laughs> I, and by her email thing has it's like fourteen fifty two, and Ooh. on her phone it drives me crazy. Can I fix it for her? <laughs> I mean, I tell y'all what my number is on my email. So I cannot have a number. And so it ends up, I, I'm sitting down to do my quiet time. I've got, you know, 30 minutes. I'm going to read God's word. And then at 25 minutes, I realize that I've checked Facebook, Instagram, and I, I've closed yes. the notification yes. app on, on YouTube. <laughs> and so if I can't do it, how am I supposed to expect a child to do it. Yes, yes. That And that's that was our reasoning as we talked through it as a team. We were like, okay. And I said, here's what I think uh, some children's pastors and ministers, you know, I'm familiar with are like, no, we love it. We let them use it. And it, it's kind of fun. It brings it into the into the room with us. But I, I had just have seen too many instances and everybody pretty much is in agreement. We can't leave our phone alone on a good day. How do we expect, you know, the children to do that? Sure. And to so, me, like if... They don't. If they expect you to go to school without it, why is going back there and kids well, and, different? And, You're still yeah. trying to learn something. And I was, yeah. For for us, uh, my point. kids go to Glencoe. Uh, we have had an issue, and this will be more in the tween years. But um, even with Ruthie, though, where they don't get books anymore. 
Yes, they have them there. Do you they, know that? Do y'all do that? Okay, no. we have older kids, so we're talking from older experience, but they have their textbook and they access it through their phone. No. In some classes. And so I've had situations where my child got in trouble and I've taken their phone away from them and then come that Same. morning, Same. well, I've got to have it for school. And it's like, what? Well, we don't, we don't have a book. I've got, I've got to have, and they'll say the name of the book app that they, they have on there. And so I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, we did the same. That was how I found out, too, was by taking the phone away and them saying, I, I have to have it, you know. So. Okay. That's but we jumped ahead. Yeah, and we've jumped ahead, too, a little bit we, on age there. Ahead, so the younger elementary, though. The reason why I want to bring up the whole phone thing, though, even in this elementary school age, is I have counseled parents where they have an eight, nine-year-old child that the parent has found that this child has been looking at pornography or they've been looking at, I mean, just straight up pornography, or the child has been watching things on YouTube or looking at things that they were unaware that that's what the kid was doing. Because the kid's sitting there. Oh, I work at a school, and we've had instances in the last week. We just talked about this the other day, yeah. Where I mean, there was a group of kids that had gotten in trouble for looking at things and passing around things on their phones. And, 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 and it, it was alarming and scary to me because I, I guess I'm naive and green in the fact of I never would have imagined a child that young. my son's age, you know. Yeah, it is scary. In my first exposure to that, uh, we went through and it was, uh, we've had it happen two or three times here at the church. A parent comes to me and goes, hey, look, I found this on my child's phone. And, um, and so we talked about it, but it's happened a few times here with families that we've, mm-hmm. you know, dealt with. And so very, very young. I mean, it just it reinforced the young. fact to me even more mm-hmm. like, okay, nope, no phone. No phone. <laughs> Not yet. Nope. And yeah. so, and I would say as a parent, if, if you make <clears throat> the decision that um, in this elementary school age, your child needs a phone, ha- has a phone. One of the things that we did when we first got our kids phones, just about, in fact, I think every child that we had, the first phone that they got was just a a like a um I don't know if I can't think of what to, just a feature phone it just had numbers where they could make a phone right, call yeah. mm-hmm. and and you know we got the whole well, our work around that was we found a watch that we can program like 10 numbers in and only those 10 numbers can call and he can call those 10 numbers and he can text those 10 numbers and they can text him and it's a watch, and it does the same thing a phone does. So there you go. And it's through Verizon, and there's no way to access the Internet. There's no way for some stranger to call or get in touch with him. Like, it's just this small circle of people that... Well, you know, when we were kids... Okay, so let's look back at what was normative for us for us when we were kids. We were watching TV, right? That was what our outlet mm-hmm. to the world is. Now it's their individual screen in their hand. Mm-hmm. But on that TV, we would have turned it off on certain shows. We would have not watched certain channels. We would have limited the amount of time your parents and, did. And the fact that it was in a community room, like with yes. other people around, Absolutely. adults around, and a yes. phone, you can take it... In private and take it where someone else can't see. So it's like. I will say though, okay, have you watched um, like uh, any of those shows that we watched in the 70s? So, like Gilligan's Island, for example. Okay, (laughs) I I, I watched. We totally were oblivious to a lot of stuff, weren't we? (laughs) So, I've recently watched an episode or two of Gilligan's Island. There's a lot of innuendo there that I totally we were, missed. We I'm like, I'm like watching head. it, going, my parents let me watch this <laughs> because, wow. Yeah, what was it? He called him little buddy or something. The I captain mean, did. Yes. Ooh, there's some innuendo going on there. It's like uh, I'm not even gonna get into. No, it, don't. <laughs> we shouldn't touch that. But you do still know that there were boundaries. But when you hand a kid a phone. 
and you can set up filters and you can try and you should. But kids are smart. You can try, but oh, kids can get around it completely. You know, and, and so. that uh, my I will say, Jack had a phone. It did not have cell phone service, but like he had a phone that like my mom wasn't using anymore, and he just used it on Wi-Fi, and he could like watch YouTube and that kind of stuff on it. Well, then. He got smart enough. He figured out. I'm kind of tattling on him. Sorry, dude. (laughs) But he figured out a way to, like, set up an email, set up a little YouTube channel. And, like, and he posted, like, two harmless videos. But it was just the fact he did it without asking, "Ah!" without telling me. And it was like, nope, that's over. And I I will give it to him. He he understood, like, hey, that's wrong. I shouldn't have done it because he has not said another thing about it since I've taken it away. And that's been, like over well over a month if not two months ago yeah we got the point across and and we're we're straight we're good but it's just it's amazing to me like I wouldn't have a clue how to I I didn't know how to delete the dang thing yeah like I I wouldn't have a clue how to make a YouTube channel yeah and the kids this for for us at as old as I am all the way down to as young as Jennifer is we grew up and then were introduced to technology yes they've grown up with it in their hand I've watched uh, infants like are not infants, but toddlers. I've seen three-year-olds looking at a book or a magazine with their <laughs> hands trying to enlarge okay, the picture. Okay, I, I thought you were going somewhere else. See, I've seen a three-year-old take a phone from like a grandparent and fix something for the grandparent. I've seen I that see happen. That. I've seen a kid take it, and the grandparent goes, "I don't know how to find that little game for you, honey." And they go bloop bloop and go and swap, and it's there. And they're yeah. like, "Oh, well, yeah, here you can play that game." We were well, you know? we were at somebody's house, and this little girl was who, who like I said, was a, a little over a year is looking at a magazine, and there's a picture, and she she's trying to, to expand it. it. And she's like, what is wrong with this thing? And she gets mad and throws it down because she can't make the picture get bigger. She's like, what is wrong? And it's like, okay, so we've warped the human brain to the point. That, and, and I will say that I have had been at an older person's house and them show me a picture and kind of. Have you double tapped it? I can't, I can't really see your face here. Yeah, can we edit this and get some better lighting, put a filter right. on it? Need yes. a better filter. Yes. So, so since our elementary school age kids are coming into this, I'm going to say to parents, I, I'm, my strong recommendation is in this age group, be an unpopular parent. Get your kid a phone that if they have to have a phone because of practices or, or, or uh, a situation, go get just a feature phone. I mean, yeah. you, you can get a burner phone at Walmart for 20 bucks that, that will work just fine, and it's got minutes on it, and you can call it. Um, and you will be very unpopular, but you will be actually training your child how to have self-control, self-discipline, how to wait for um, satisfaction in something, you know, because we have instant gratification in everything right now. You're, that is actually part of that training process that you do with a small child when you make them have to wait for something. Okay, so beyond phones, in all likelihood in your home, you have a device, you have an iPad, you have, have a, um, a Chromebook, you, you have something. In fact, again, where my kids go to school, they're issued a Chromebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and with e-learning and in a post-COVID world, that's going to become more and more common. I, I'm going to beg you, do not trust your kids. My yeah. kids would always say, because uh, we have had a rule in my house, if you have a device and I walk up and ask for that device... You don't hesitate. You and you give, don't tap the screen. There's yes. nothing you tap. <laughs> you hand <laughs> you know? me that device. And um, if you violate that, you lose the device. Um, and and that my kids would go, don't you trust me? And I would always respond, absolutely not. 
I love you, but that that's a different that's a different and, and, thing. And I would always say the reason I don't trust you is because I know my own heart, mm-hmm. right. and I, I know if left unchecked, uh, where the directions that my heart would go. And so I would, uh, I am am a weird guy. I would even t- go to the point of periodically checking my router, which is if you have a a, a service. Um, you should have, have the instructions where you can get on your iPad and go to usually it's 192.168.1.1 that will allow you to get on that router and you can look at the traffic. You can see where people have gone. And it doesn't take long. You just flip through it. And, and if you see some names that you shouldn't see uh, that you know that you or your wife haven't been to, you need to have a conversation. And that, that leads us to talking about there is a natural curiosity that's at this age that is both healthy and God-given. And fantastic. It, it is fantastic. Yeah. I, I mean, R- Ruthie, when she was was in her, her, her eight, nine years old, got just absolutely overwhelmed by the idea of space. And so she was reading books and looking at things and just absolutely curious about she her the first email address she ever set up was spaceruthie at gmail.com. Oh, how cute. Um, <laughs> she, she, she guaranteed she was going to be a pop star astronaut when she grew up. <laughs> And so, or a I, Disney princess yeah, one day. One of those. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know a lot of the guys here in the church get into dinosaurs really big. And right. I know this because mm-hmm. the kids bring me dinosaurs. They and, still and, do. Yes. and they're like, I'm like, hey, Pastor John, do you know what this is? And I'm like, yeah, it's a dinosaur. And they're like, no, it's a Stegosaurus Magus. And, <laughs> and you're like, well, good. I'm glad it is. Of the crustacean. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and they'll yeah. tell me all about it. And, yeah. and so th- that is natural and that is good, but it has to be kept in check. And it can be used in such a great godly manner. At that age with the kids, when I'm sitting in small group and I get the chance to teach with them, and, you know, it's the small group, not the large group. When, when, I, when I get to sit down with them and they start asking questions about the Bible story and the Bible lesson, it always leads to bigger questions about God. Yeah, when you were, you trying, were talking about the immutability of God and his eternality, I remember you coming to, yes. to the staff and going, you will not believe what some of these kids were saying. Yes, and they ask the craziest questions. All of a sudden, they start wrestling with time because they begin to have a concept of time. Um, just this last Sunday, we were talking about um, Jesus, um, his his life on earth. We're, we're in a whole segment on that. We're actually on the last week of his life. We're doing it. I know somebody out there is going, why are you not doing that at Easter? But actually we're doing it a little out of sequence because they're not connecting it to Easter eggs. Nah, nah. They're yeah. actually connecting with the See, I think now. Easter, I think automatically chocolate, not eggs. And, and I noticed this week they, they tied in a lot more of the other names outside of Jesus. Yes, yes. In the stories, yeah. we got all of the people that he's interacting with and what's mm-hmm. happening in the location. So anyway, we're sat down and, you know, I, I pull open a Bible out, uh, a map, excuse me, not a Bible map. And uh, I'm showing them where the Garden of Gethsemane is right outside the walls of Jerusalem. And we're talking about all of those things that are happening. And it's so cool because the kids start asking, well, that concept of time is kicking in. And I'm like, um, I said, How, when did Abraham Lincoln live? What about when our country was founded with George? Washington. That was a long time ago. And they're like, yeah. I said, okay, that was like almost 250 years ago. I said, I want you guys to realize that we're talking to 
thousand years in ancient times with Jesus. And all of a sudden you could see around the room, not every kid, <laughs> but in this small group, lot of I had a lot of them. And all of a sudden, you know, their eyes are like going big and that natural curiosity. And they start asking me questions. And I'm like, look, you know, they ate, they drank, they married, they had entertainment, they lived, they worked, you know, all of those things still existed if for and even in ancient times. they didn't have TV and or they, power. It was amazing, <laughs> you know. Or air conditioning. No, no. And so we talked about all of those things. And they were just, you know, you could see that moment of, oh, wow. And you don't get that with the preteens as much. Once you hit around 11-ish, you know, and it depends on the kid. It can well, be a little younger than that. Even if they do have that wow, they're like, I can't Yeah, I can't. I can't. I'm too cool to, yeah. to, to. Yes. Got to look away. Got to be quiet about it. And they'll sit down and have conversations with you one-on-one. One, -on -one. one mm -hmm. of those really great times is all of a sudden you start conversing with a child. You're not just giving them instructions. You're not just telling them what to do. They're able to converse during those years and those elementary years and talk through and I've and noticed that a lot more with things. Sadie. And I don't know if it's just because she started, you know, big school and she's in kindergarten. But, I mean, she talks a lot anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> she... Like, there's more of a dialogue. Like, you can carry on a conversation. Mm -hmm. She can follow the story. She can track what you're saying. And it, it's like it. she's putting the pieces of the puzzle together. It's not just, right. hey, she's listening to a Bible story anymore. She's putting it all together. It, it's it's kind of making that circle. And the kid who doesn't behave at school, the kid who acts this way, she's starting to put the consequences mm -hmm. with the actions. Yeah. She's starting to look to decide what kind of person she's going to be, what does she choose to be at school, and that leads to friends. I know. Sometimes it's funny. She wants to be a boss. <laughs> she, she wants to be the teacher's helper every day, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, um, I mean, but a lot of kids do. That's not, you know, exclusive to her. There's a lot of kids who do. Even the quiet ones want to be in charge. They just are too shy to do And it. that's my jack. <laughs> Yeah, and those are the ones you pull out, and once you give them something to do, and all of a sudden, they just light up, you mm -hmm. know, and they're just ready to, they want to own part of their world. They they feel responsible now. Things like mm -hmm. that come into play, and directing them towards friends and friendships at this time. And, and you know. I think that that's one of the harder things that, as parents, we have to recognize that we can still control their peer group. Yeah, mm -hmm. at and, that point. And, and there, there are people... Um, and it's not wrong to do so. Right. Can I just throw that in? Yeah. I still have a lot of parents sometimes who think that, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. I'm going to let them make their own choices. No. They're still a child. You have to remember they think they as a child. A they, they are a child. You, exactly. You don't you don't let them make their own choices about what they're going to eat every meal because they would sit around and eat candy every meal. <laughs> Cheetos, cheese puffs, and, you know, some Skittles, right? You yeah, know? Absolutely. Uh, and the sweet breakfast tea. of champions. Yeah. <laughs> and sweet tea. Yeah. And so uh, we have to control. And so I, I'm not saying that you have to be a jerk and we've never uh, with our kids never said because kids will repeat whatever you say yeah yes you don't say well he's a bad kid you're not no. hanging out with him because we, we've had to preface it with you know we love you we love him but you just don't tend to make very good choices and have when a very good attitude him. after so, y'all yeah. spent some yeah. time together <laughs> yes, yes. And, and parents you you've got to do that yeah you, you have, have to got do to do that because because um you don't the background behind that other other kid what all's going on in that household you don't know but uh -uh. you've got to one you're of responsible your, for yours yes you, and you're responsible for what comes into their lives 
So that when they are young adults in their 20s and they're choosing their lifestyle, their friends, their peer groups, their social circles, they've got a background of figuring out how to do that, how to love people, even if I disagree with them. Yes. Not to be tiny jerks. No, and not to be. (laughs) And it's not about that I'm better than you. And we've run into that even with my own kids. I've seen it, Um, you know. I know that you guys see it on social media on a regular basis. We get the somebody was mean to my kid and I want to go scratch their eyes out on behalf of my child. That's true of all parents, by the way. And part of the maturing process for your child and part of it for us as parents is to know that our kids can be on either end of that. That they can be the one who is sometimes being the bully. And sometimes they can be bullied. And kids are manipulative, you know, too. I mean, they can come home and tell you one thing when in reality. And you go dig the story out. Yeah. yeah. Th- there's always three sides. Right. <laughs> Your side, their side, and the truth. And the yeah. truth, yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and adults do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm amazed at how childlike some adults are because they're telling their story. And, and I'm like, okay, so you're angling everything in this story to make yourself look. I never so had a I terrible was, attitude. I was so sweet about when I responded. I I was sitting at home praying, and then all of a sudden, she showed up and was just ugly to me. Or how dare they speak to me that way, and then you find out that you said, you know, a whole string of expletives to them. There's a reason, you know. So so with kids, with our children, it's our responsibility of what comes into their life and how they process that. And I think it is important that if, if you have... Uh, little Johnny down the street is the is a kid that you don't want your kid to be hanging around with. That there is, a, unlike a toddler who you just pick up and take where you don't want them to be. Right, we're with, going home for a nap. For, yeah. with, with in this elementary school age kid, you're trying to let them see a little bit why you're not giving them all the details. Again, you're not going to say you know what because he's a heathen and his his mom smokes 15 Camel no filters every day and she's drinking a half case of beer every day. Oh, when the windows are down on the car, it smells like pot. You know. No. And so you, you don't have to go into that kind of detail, but you no, can no. say, yeah. I, I, I don't like li- when you're with him, you have a tendency, your attitude is bad. There's some things that. And careful wording, like both of y'all have talked about as you talk to your child is pretty important here because you also don't want them to walk away with the I'm better than you. Because we all with pride tend t- trend towards that self-righteousness. I know. I don't <laughs> I, you, I, I've I'm had sorry. that conversation with Jack, too, because he tends to. He, he's a very compassionate child. He, he does not like anybody to be mad at him. He does not like anybody to not like him. And for anybody to tell him he's small or short or little or pick on him in any way, it just tears him up. Whatever it's, makes him different is yes, hard to deal with during yes. these years. And we so talked about that. I've really had to, you know, powwow with him and talk to him about, you know, maybe somebody saying those things to you isn't so much to do with you as it is something that they have something, you know, about themselves that bothers them. And that's how they make themselves feel better is, you know, they, they find something about somebody else that they think could, you know, they bother can pick them. On yeah. or shift attention said, away so, from themselves. So maybe, you know, try to be their friend, whether, you know, it's easy or not. It's not always going to be easy. Try to be kind and nice and be friendly to everybody because you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they're upset about or you know it, it could be some, something as simple as they need a friend or and their home life could be difficult yeah. yeah and I think it's also at this age it's important to in, instill in our kids that you know during the toddler conversation that we had Allison was saying that her her 
uh, toddler who was like, I'm your best friend. I'm your best friend. I'm everybody's <laughs> best friend. That was very sweet. At this age, that's that concept that not everybody can be. You can be kind to someone. You can be friendly with someone. And they're not but your not best buddy. But not everybody has to be your best yeah. friend. And they're not, you know, we're not going to spend the nights over at their house. We're not going to. And that's. This is where you're starting to teach them and guide them that there are layers and levels here that we, we're kind to everyone. I don't care what there is going on in their life, right. that we treat them with the compassion of Christ. Um, but and your kids will fail at that, just so you know. I mean, most for anybody who's out there listening to us and watching along with this, your kids are going to fail at that. There are going to be times that they're yes. going to be rude and mean and unkind, and that they are also going to have people who are that way to them. So you start to helping them to develop coping mechanisms in that by talking it through. And because they are now conversing with you and old enough to be reasonable, you let them lead the conversation. Let them ask you questions. Let them ask you about, did it happen when you were little? And the answer is either yes or no, or here's what I remember when, you know, Susie did this to me at school. And what I know is now that, you know, Susie was struggling at home because of dad was sick or mom and dad were having marital trouble, you know, and as a child, I didn't know that it just felt all very personal. So helping them to distance themselves from that. Well, if, you know, and recently, you know, I had a conversation with a child where we said, were you involved in what happened? There was a, something that had occurred, a big event, you know, and the kids were all yang and, you know, were you involved in it? No, I was doing what I was supposed to do. I was like, then you need to let it go because it's not about you. And helping them to start to differentiate between that, that's not, and it never happens overnight. It never happens with one com- conversation. No. You have to do it over and over and over again. And, and I, I think you really are in these years, you're shep- you've gone now from controlling to shepherding their hearts. You're more, doing more mm-hmm. of a job of guiding them into being the people that, that you want to be. And as we talked about in the toddler years, you need if you shoot at nothing, you're guaranteed to hit it. Right. And so if you don't have a plan to say, this is what I want my kids to be, and this is what it's going to take to get there, that does you, you, if you don't have a plan in athletics, then you're not, you're not going to be successful if you don't have a, and so why would we not have a plan? You and your spouse or, uh, need to sit down and talk through, okay, so what are some of the, uh, it's at this age that, uh, we instilled in our kids a love of reading by reading to them that, that didn't just happen naturally. That didn't happen. Oh, my, my, I mean, my, at least my kids weren't the kids that walked through the library and went, Oh, I want this book and this book and this book. It took us reading to them and then taking them to the library and letting them pick some books out and and say, nope, we're not going to read that one. And And, and being careful with what your child's needs are, because I had one that had ADHD, was diagnosed in the elementary years and some of those most difficult years. And for him, what I found was that I had to read to him that he struggled with his focus bad enough to stay into a book. And um, we went and saw a specialist, and we were talking through how to help him, how to help him better develop. And um, she asked him, like, when you're reading a book, what do you see? And he was like, what do you mean? I just see the words on the page. And she said, that's it. She said, when other people are reading, he's struggling so to stay focused on what he's doing. He's not seeing the story. He's not seeing the story. Like, in our minds, we have that movie reel running. Mm -hmm. So when I would get the book, I would read it to him. And we did that for a long period of time. And it was a bonding chance for Mm -hmm. us. But it was also one of those where I saw it in his mind. All of a sudden, that story and the beauty of your imagination starts clicking. 
you know, because that, that's been one of the pro- probably one of the most fond things that we've discovered and enjoyed lately with Jack because he, he is at that age where he's kind of like borderline too cool to hang out with mom and dad. But now in the evenings when it's time for to go to bed, you know, because we have always read. Yeah, that's his time where he's like, Mom, we just come tuck me in. He's come talk to me. And, you know, sometimes... <laughs> and he can't it, hardly ask because he doesn't even want to have no, to ask, right? And so, yeah. And sometimes it's like, Gosh, really, man. he's 10. <laughs> is, it, is this really, is this really what I have to do right it? now? Yeah. Then I'm like, yeah, he's 10. Yeah. But And he not, won't be 10 for long. Right. And so, like, we, we've sat down and started reading, like, the Harry Potter. And, like, we've got two copies. And he'll sit and, like like follow along with me and I'll read and that's been like he, he begs like he's like can we read some more tonight I'm like, yeah, yeah sure let's do the next chapter <laughs> yeah. yes yeah that's so we, great. we've really treasured that and like that so I guess in in conclusion for this age group that there's a lot a lot going on here be uh proactive in your children's lives, be nosy in your children's lives, be, be involved in your children's lives and recognize what we said at the beginning in that in rearing a child, the, the days are long, but the years are short and it won't be long until that child uh, who, you know, you've told to zip their pants 55 times or you have to tie your shoes or what, whatever that it won't be long until they're driving out of the driveway. Yeah. During this age, one of the things that I intentionally did was that I prayed. I had one child who was more reserved than the others. And I prayed that God would open up his heart to me, that I would start to see who he was. Because it was really hard. He was a, I mean, he talked a lot. He played like every normal kid. But but if something were really bothering him, he wouldn't talk about that. You wouldn't know when things were deep or hurt or you know, that sort of thing. And that one of the things I did there in those years was intentionally pray that God would open up that child's heart to me. Good deal. And I would say that praying for our children is probably the most productive thing that we can do. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds like a Sunday school yeah. answer, but, but it, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, that's been this week's episode of Not Another Church Podcast. Next week, we're going to take on the tween years. Um, yeah. The, I would say, I honestly, in my own life and in the life of my children, those tween years, that, that middle school time frame um, is the hardest time of, of human life. I, I, I totally agree. I, I look at my own middle school experience and I just vacillate between cringing and crying. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Um, not giving me much hope. <laughs> no, it, it's good, though, in other ways. Listen for the podcast. <laughs> there the are podcast. good things that are going to come from it. But for a child, because there's so much angst as they start to separate from the oh, well, no, no, we can't yeah. do the podcast. No, so we're not that, doing that's it, next week. Um, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. And uh, that's been Not Another Church Podcast. Go serve your king. This has been Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. Thanks for listening and go serve your team.